0: Quick, quick question, little icebreaker, uh, how are you doing with speed limits? I mean, what's your limit? Are you a, are you a 70 miles an hour person? Or are you, uh, kind of, uh, 72, 73, uh, you know, what's your, what's your take on, 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 on how fast you should go? Maybe you're a kind of 10% person, 77 miles are okay, because actually they, they never nick you for that, do they? we know that or maybe you're kind of well as long as as long as i'm with the flow of the rest of the traffic everything's fine so 80 85 it'll be all right except if you see one of those really smart beamers with like led lights hidden hidden under the in the bonnet you know then you've just got to slow right down and it might be a copper or maybe there are laws that are kind of less important um maybe there are laws that are less important maybe uh, maybe the, the supermarket law about uh, only going in the basket aisle if you've got nine items or less you know maybe that's okay ten and a half that's okay that's fine trolley if you've only got a basket load you know that's all fine or maybe maybe there are more important laws like actually the way that you go down the motorway in terms of the direction That's, I mean, we're all agreed that's a good one? Excellent. Good. Well, we are thinking about law this morning and rules and all that kind of stuff as part of our journey um, through Exodus. And uh, we have got to the point where Moses is uh, taking a bit of a hike up the mountain and he comes back down with all, all of these rules and regulations about how people are to live. Um, at the point that we have the reading these uh, laws these commandments are verbal they are not written down yet and uh, Moses writes them down later on uh, in the book of the covenant in terms of the law and then later on they get set in stone um, and I'm preaching about kind of 10 chapters now uh, so this is Exodus uh, 24 verse 12 then we have the stone tablets but two tablets you know in a church like this what happens is you get the you get the tablets right at the top the little kind of layout of the law and they put five on one and five on the other you know because obviously God doesn't know what font size to use or something but that's not how it was how it was was this there was two tablets and all ten commandments were on each one why? if you've ever signed a rental agreement you know why? there's a copy for you and there's a copy for them there's a copy for the people and there's a copy for God because you see this is an agreement between God and people this is a covenant and so it's written in stone but then of course as, as Moses is then taking a longer hike up the hill 40 days this time and he comes down with the tablets the people have kind of got a bit distracted they melt down all their earrings uh, they obviously got kind of overshopped at Christmas or something and uh, they, bit, they make a stone calf a, a gold tarf, calf to worship and so the original uh, covenant tablets get, get smashed up and Moses has to hike back up the mountain to get some more I I wonder how we're doing with the Ten Commandments. I wonder how we're doing with the law. Are we Are we the kind of people that are living under law or under grace? You see, surely surely we've moved on from all that stuff, haven't we? Surely we've found something better. Surely we are New Testament people. Surely we are people who are living in this age and 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 we've found something better, haven't we? Well, I wonder whether we have. Let's just let's just look at the Ten Commandments and and see um, how we're doing. I mean, there's all the stuff on there about uh, not having any idols. I mean, I guess you haven't got any idols in your house. I mean, if you've got a little kind of gold bronze statue on your mantelpiece and you pray to it each morning, um, can I suggest you stop? I, I, I'm else. He's not listening. Uh, and uh, we've got something better on offer for you and if you don't know what it is we're can, we can help you with that however we probably have got idols of other sorts idols that we have built things that we own the stuff that we have the person that we've become and you know as we get a bit further down the list you know when we think about the sabbath well of course that doesn't apply to us does it because we're christians But, hang on, it's in the Ten Commandments. Aren't we supposed to keep a Sabbath? Yet I guess, I guess I'll see most of you next Sunday. I mean, I hope I do. Rather than Saturday. I'm not coming on Saturday. I'm coming on Sunday. But it's in the Ten Commandments. How do we we deal with that? You see, it's normal for us to worship on a Sunday. So what are we going to do with all this law stuff, with these commandments, Have we found a better way? Are we supposed to leave them all behind? You know, it's funny because actually even even in the New Testament, the writers are not actually clear about what we mean when we talk about law. Sometimes they refer to just the first five books of the New Testament. Sometimes they refer to this thing called the Torah the first 5 books of the new testament the old testament uh, the law of moses but sometimes they refer to the law and the prophets and at other times the reference to the law just means the whole of the old testament how do we understand what jesus has done did he make a, a, a kind of departure from the Old Covenant and set out something new? Is that what we mean by New Testament, by New Covenant? Or did he come to complete what was going on? Well, that's what I'd like just to dig into and I'm going to be as quick as I can. So you need to follow me and uh, if you want the verse at the end, let me have your email and I can send them all to you. I'll put as many of them as I can on the screen. Um, Jesus says this, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. I mean you could kind of look at that and go well the accomplishment is Jesus dying on the cross therefore we're free from the law hooray but I mean you might get that if you read Romans and verses like this Romans 6 verse 14 you are not under the law but under grace great we don't have to do the Old Testament at all we can just ignore the lot and get on with the new however the sentence before this says for sin shall no longer be your master because you're not under the law. So hang on, so the law does apply. It's just that it's not supposed to be my master because I'm under grace. In Galatians chapter 3 it says this, Law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. And Jeremiah says this, This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time. As in, after Jesus' death on the cross, and his resurrection, and the pouring of the Holy Spirit. This is the covenant I make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their heart. I will be their God and they will be my people. So folks, what's changed? What's happened? Where are we? Where do we stand? Let me try and land it for you so that I think it kind of makes sense. You see, I think that the New Testament means that we are free from some aspects of the law. But they're really specific. The first one is that we are free from the laws around temple worship. The old sacrificial system. Why? Because Jesus has come as the sacrifice once and for all, so that system is done. It's closed. So we are free from that set of law. Because we are now under the new covenant where Jesus is the sacrifice once and for all. We're also free, if you read the discussion that goes on in Acts, and the vision that Peter had we're free from the food laws it's quite clear in the vision that Peter had he's invited to eat anything including the things that he saw that were unclean but what about the rest we're free from the temple law we're free from the food laws but what about the rest of it well I think for this what we need to do is we need to understand the trajectory of scripture because you see the first disciples were still figuring out how on earth does this all fit together so let me give you uh, four areas where i think we've got some clear trajectory of scripture which then helps us to understand how we're to see the law and how we respond how we're supposed to live in this culture so here are the four things the trajectory of scripture the first one is about slavery And I say trajectory because what happens is as you go beyond the New Testament into the early church, the early church figures this stuff out. So slavery. Well, we know where this has landed. It took a a few thousand years for it to catch up and in fact a country like ours is founded on the wrong way of understanding things, on the old way. We were a nation that enslaved Others. And it's wrong. We know that. But if you look at the trajectory of scripture, that's what you get to. What about women? And we've had a, a wonderful week of celebrating women. If you're on if you're on Facebook, then you know, all sorts of exciting things shared about how amazing women are in, in history, in politics, in science. But you know, actually this is not a this is not a 20th century thing. This is not about giving women the vote. If you go back and look at the Old Testament, the Old Testament is full of women heroes. And they are awesome. And then you look at Jesus and he chooses to have the first person as the witness to the most important event in history as a woman. And in Galatians it says that we are all one in Christ. Slave or free, male or female, Jew or Greek, all one in Christ. The trajectory of Scripture is for exactly that. Again, it's just taken us almost 2,000 years to catch up with what was already on God's heart. What about murder? Now, I think the trajectory of Scripture here is pretty clear. Actually, it's kind of the other way. You know, it's saying, hey, folks, you know, murder is still a bad plan. You know, raise your hands if this, if you think it's a... No, don't raise your hands if you think it's a good plan. Come and talk to me quietly, and we'll just chat it through, and if need be, we'll go to the police. Uh... In fact, but the thing is, actually Jesus doesn't just say that murder is a bad plan. He says if you've got anger in your heart, then you've sinned. He takes it further. He asks for more, not less. And what about sex? Are we, are we free to do what we want? What's the drive of scripture? What does Jesus say about this? Actually, what Jesus calls us to is more purity. He says it's not just about what you do with your bodies, it's about what's going on in your heart and mind. He says that stuff matters. How you look at one another matters, not just what you do with one another. The trajectory in Scripture is for more purity, not. So folks, what do we make of all of that? What do we, what do we do with that? How are we supposed to think about it in this day and age? You know, I think the first thing is that all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching and rebuking. And if only, if you're only using half the book or a third of the book, You're missing out so much. Yeah, we need to wrestle with some of the Old Testament some more. And in fact, there's some bits of the New Testament we need to wrestle with too. You know, some of it ain't easy. But it's all useful. It's all God breathed. Inspired by Him. But what we need to do is to allow the law of God, the commandments of God, and the richness of that, even the bits that we're free from, To be held up as something that we can learn from. To be held up as something that can help us grow. But we're not to be people that are under the law. You see, we are not under law anymore. We are people that are under grace. And you can choose to be under law if you like. But it's not a very nice place to be. And God has got so much more for every single one of us. And we can choose to try and put other people under the law and we're going to be horribly judgmental. We're just going to be horribly judgmental. You know, it's it's unpleasant. That's not what we're called to do either. We're called to be people under grace who treat others with grace too. You know, my hope And my prayer for this place, like for any church, is that because we're a people who are under grace, the law has found us wanting. And we cannot make it on our own. And we choose the way of Jesus. And the Father takes the transgressions that were on us and lays them on Him so that we can be free. I hope and I pray because of that that as we look around church in a year or five years' time that this place will be filled with people that are different from you and me. That this place will be filled with people that are on a journey. And that we will stand with them and that we'll say, we are on a journey too. We might have been on the journey for a bit longer, but do you know what? We're all following the same Master, Jesus. And it will probably be a lot messier. And if it's not, if it's not, and we probably haven't done what God has called us to do. I think this is what it means to be under grace. Folks, will you stand with me? I'm gonna pray and then we'll we'll sing. A couple of things as I as I pray, it might be that you you know that what you hear over your own life is not grace but is condemnation you have this internal voice that you know is just down on yourself all the time judging yourself God's got a new creation work to do in you and a transformation work he wants you to know today who he's made you to be and he's also got some work to do probably to work that through over time Maybe you want to stand as a person who is under grace, but in your community, in your workplace, as a as a doctor, as a teacher, as a mum, as someone who's gloriously retired, as someone who's looking for work. Whatever your stage of life might be, to be a person that stands under grace and the freedom and the joy of that. There'll be folks who would love to pray with you over here in the side chapel after the service. Let me pray now. Lord, you know each one of us. You know our journey. Lord, help us not to set aside things that you have not set aside, but to live in the fullness of them. Knowing that you have come to fulfill the old testament law not to set it to one side and that in you there is grace and freedom and forgiveness and lord as we sing now come and do whatever you need to do in each one of us by the power of your holy spirit where our bodies are sick come and bring healing where our minds struggle with knowing who you've made us to be, come and call us by name. Where there is guilt, speak life and grace over each of us, that we would be people of light and grace in the world. In Jesus' name, amen.